Have you ever felt it? That excitement, that hum that reaches into the very base of your stomach and makes your whole body feel alive? Well, your life can feel like that. Each week, I'll be sharing ways your personal wellness journey can lead you to a life that literally makes you hum. We'll be diving into all things nutrition, mindset, connection, spirituality and relationships to encourage you to be courageous and brave with your life and most importantly, unashamedly you. Together, let's find your hum. Welcome back to Find Your Hum. I'm Kirsty, and this is episode five, Finding Your Ordinary Life and Loving It. When I record this episode, I was left with whole body tingles and re-listening to it, I had the exact same feeling. This is one that you will no doubt be hitting the rewind button on because you are going to want to re-hear some of the amazing insights that you're going to get. So I better tell you a little bit about my guest. Leanna McNeil came into my life about six years ago. I was looking around for just some extra help. I felt really stuck. I just landed a job that I loved, but it was really quite intense, especially during the first six months. But I'd also experienced a breakup just before starting that job. It had really come out of the blue and left me a little rattled, kind of left me with a feeling of really needing some guidance. I was really drawn to what Leanna did, and it was my first real dive into the energetic world. She lovingly combines psychotherapy with energy work to allow you to connect to that inner authority that we all have within ourselves. And it just leaves you feeling so much more empowered, so much more yourself. And I can honestly attest that that is exactly how you feel when you've worked with Liana. You feel empowered and really true to yourself. If you want to find out more, the links will be in the show notes so you can connect with Liana that way. In this chat, we really explore that inner authority, tapping into it, trusting it, really embracing the ordinary you and absolutely loving what you find. I know you will all take something away from this. So please snap a pic and share it with me on Instagram at thenourishingway underscore. And please share this episode with anyone who you think will enjoy it. Also, really gift yourself an hour to listen to this one. However that time looks for you, whether it's going out for a walk in nature, whether it's sitting with a cup of coffee, whether it's laying in the bath, just really make sure it's nourishing and will allow you to absorb the insight Leanna brings. Before we dive into the more juicy questions, can you share a little bit about what it was like where you grew up? Uh, Yes, so it was cold. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I grew I grew up in um in a very small farming community about an hour north of Toronto in Canada and um yeah it was a fun childhood in a sense that it tapped into um some, one of my needs which was to feel connected to nature and another need to feel um that I had the freedom and space uh wide spaces in nature around me. So it kind of ticked a lot of boxes for who I am as a person, because obviously I had, um, as a child, I enjoyed what I still enjoy now. So growing up in a farm, small community, it was really nice, you know, um, very close uh, to our family. I have a really big family. So weekends were with the cousins and the aunts and um, my grandma. Um, so yeah, lots of fun, lots of spaces 
to Rome and, um, yeah, it was good. Nice. And when you say that it's very much like what you like experiencing now as an adult, as a kid, like those wide open spaces, did you ever find there was a time when you kind of rebelled away from that and then you've come back to it or was it something that you've always just kind of continued with? Oh, yeah. Good question. Hey, um, I like that. Um, I did veer away from it for sure. Like I ended up uh, wanting a different kind of adventure at the end of high school. I moved to the city, um, you know, cement. Um, I would say grime <laughs> as well. Yeah, <laughs> grime, cement, grime, heaps of people, not a lot of space between us. Um, lots going on from morning till late into the night. And uh, I didn't last. I didn't, I didn't do that for very long. I did that for maybe a year or so and then returned back to um, my roots in a sense of returned to being drawn to places that were beautiful, like nature that was beautiful. Uh, and that gifted me with space, space mm. to be on my own. As, as I've grown older, I've learned a lot about um, why that's important. And I'm happy to talk a little bit about why that I imagine that's important to all of us as well. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think like it's, good that you've recognized that because so many of us would have stayed in that concrete grime or whatever that is for them like that part of them that sort of moves away from that childhood they stay away from that for so long so Mm. I think it's really lovely that you recognize that so quickly so yeah definitely dive into why those wide open spaces are amazing for us uh we are so we're we're systems of energy and we each have a unique imprint or I would say design where it comprises of different functions. Some of those functions are defined within us and some of them are open to be imprinted, uh, to be conditioned or to be impacted by those around us. So for me, I mean, I, I look back now and when I was upset as a kid or when I, um, just had a need for it to get away from out of the house I've always had a need to get out of the house and I remember that as a kid and I used to wander in the fields around me and sort of just talk to the sky you know I didn't really know what I was doing I just did this thing naturally and we all have these little things that we've done naturally you know growing up Um, little quirky things that we have each done as a resource for ourselves to center ourselves or to ground ourselves or, you know, to fulfill a need of some sort. So I've always been privy to the space thing, but it's only now that I'm older and I've started to study, you know, the, um, and, and learn more about how we're made as individuals and the need for space. If I could put it in a really basic, um, explanation is, when we get into a space by ourselves and it can be in the house, it can be indoors, but it can also obviously be outside, which is very cleansing. But the function of that is so that you can feel your own energy without being impacted by those around you. Uh, We're made to be impacted. So it's a beautiful thing. You know, we have these constant relationships with everyone around us Um, and much deeper than most of us are aware of. So we can talk about that if you're interested in that, but so much deeper, these, the impact of those around us on our energy, which then tends to affect our thoughts, our, um, our thoughts, our actions, our belief systems, and even our emotional state. 
um, getting away from people allows us to recenter and to connect with just that inner being in us, you know, just that personal um, place, that personal space that just belongs to us. So that, that's, that's a real key ingredient for getting away from, from people. I think so many of us nowadays too have never really had that time and space. We don't allow or gift ourselves any kind of space, whether it's out in nature or, like you said, just spending that time somewhere in your house by yourself. So yes, it can be very tricky dealing with what comes up in that space, can't it? Yeah, well, um, you know, it's funny since I've had um, a son and my house is small, I, but even as soon as I had him, I realized that one of the spaces, because I couldn't get outside all the time because I had him or whatever was happening, I had a constraint of some sort, I would go to the bathroom and um, just say, I'm going to the bathroom and then I go and hang out there <laughs> just, <laughs> to, just to get away. <laughs> I feel like all the mums have just gone, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the secret. Like that is the secret place. Although some of the mums are so funny. They go, everyone follows me in here, but um, (laughs) people don't really follow me or I lock the door. So, um, so yeah, getting away. um, It's funny that you said people don't, maybe it hasn't been something that people are aware is a conscious need or that is a, it would serve a really great function for us, like getting away, having space. That surprises me, but um, but I guess because that's something that I've always done, just being on the farm and whatnot. And I've always been aware of my sensitivity to too much stimulation. So I guess what I say on that is inviting people to connect with their own energy and to kind of notice their personal rhythms. Like, are they aware? Do they love concerts? Do they love crowds? Do they get energized from big groups? Do they prefer intimate spaces, um, different types of environments? Because all of this information that we as individuals are aware of or picking up, we're right. Mm. So, you know, when I was growing up, I used to go to concerts. I used to put myself in a lot of places that weren't right for my system. And that's okay because I didn't know, you know, I was learning. But I always kind of felt like, there was something not quite right when I did it. It was like, I had to make myself stay up late. I had to make myself calm down in really big groups. Like when there's thousands and thousands of people, but now that I've understood myself a bit more and I don't question how I feel, I just honor how I feel. It makes so much more sense. And I mean, especially as an energetic, um, intuitive, Big groups is not, they're not good for, you know, a big group, a concert is not good for me because I can't find myself because I get flooded by the imprint of those around me. And guess what? I'm not the only one. We're, most of us are doing this in some form or another. We have sensitivities or gifts and strengths that get impacted by people around us. Um, so, yeah, what do you think about that? Yeah, you know, I have... I'm, I kind of almost go both ways and I think it just explains so much about me because I feel like I'm always on the polar opposite sides of most of these things um, that I love and I probably noticed more so now having been in isolation that I actually crave being in places of energy but not like huge crowds. So like I find I do amazing work 
like writing and stuff like that in places like cafes. So there's people around me, but it's still not high energy and I'm not directly conversing with them. Yes. 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 And I find I get so like that kind of creative side of me really comes out in those spaces, but I've learnt the power of also just coming and sitting by myself for half an hour and I literally have to not even sit I personally have to lay in shavasana for 30 minutes because if I don't really take away everything I am going to be picking up my phone or I just try and distract myself so I know the benefit of doing that and I think that's why my original question came that a lot of us and it was me definitely for a long period of time didn't really know how to sit with myself so yeah it's definitely something that takes practice <laughs> mm, there's a really great um I love your points and I love your awareness Kirsty. like when you say um so when you say you're um because isolation has been revealing so much to us right as individuals yep. um what we love what we've been doing that's been great what we've been doing that thank god we have a break from it or you know what we want to change you know it's it's been so informative but um because of the contrast right yeah and um you know when you say you go to cafes so i'm the same because um there's an element in our in our unique designs as an individual there's no one else that has the exact replicates your exact design so we're each so special in that in that way and what can happen is depending on your design you can have you go to borrow energy yeah so you go you go to borrow energy and this is a really beautiful concept that i think um the collective will be talking more and more about because we are learning so much through science about the energetic exchanges between individuals and why this is a beautiful thing historically they would talk about energetic vampires right now i don't really have a take on that um because my thing is the more we get conscious about what we need and how our energy naturally flows and what it desires we can have giggles like the other day i said to my man because with awareness comes freedom or comes more flow more alignment right so the oh, other absolutely. day i said to my, yeah and the other day i had something i had to do and i didn't have the energy or the focus for it at that time but I did have to get that thing done. So I just said to my man, can you sit at our breakfast bar just next to me? Uh, Cause he has a different type of energy. He has a lot more energy than me, a consistent energy. And so I said, can you sit next to me? And I'm just going to do my thing. I have to do, I think it was taxes or something. And he, you know, gave me a funny look. Um, <laughs> they sat next to me and I just bore, and I told him I'm boring his energy. Like I just have to bore your energy for a minute and I'm not stealing it or taking it. I'm just kind of being influenced by him. And that's what you're doing when you go to a cafe. It's like you're, you're getting stimulated by the environment around you. And that's like such a brilliant technique. Like I really invite people to start to learn if they have a task that they're procrastinating or they don't have the energy for, to ask themselves what environment might they charge themselves up? Do they want to call a friend and say, can I just come and sit at your table? You're going to cook in the kitchen and I'm just going to write um, you know, because there's different needs that get met through different ways. So the more we learn about that, uh, the more empowered we are. Oh, and I love your strategy around Savasana. Isn't it the best? <laughs> Absolutely. But I couldn't, oh. like, I would sometimes like, I'll go and sit where I am at the moment at my auntie's house. She's got like a lovely pond area at the back and I'll often go and sit out there 
but I'm still really distracted. And mm. I, I mean, yes, I know the thoughts are all meant to come in, but I like get super, I really need to like close my eyes and just take off all the stimulus. So I literally lay down, I put something over my eyes, put a blanket on and it's like, now I know is the time to go in. And unless I do that, I've, again, awareness, I found I just can't settle. And yet thoughts absolutely still come up. But yeah, just, yeah, like you said about being aware of what works for you. And it's not like it happens overnight. Take some time and practice to get there. Yeah. And because we're all talking, like so many of us are interested and intrigued about learning who we are, mm-hmm. that you know, we're all learning strategies from one another. Like someone, a really fantastic practitioner that I love, um, like a colleague of mine, she just gave me this little tip, which is Savasana, but she just basically said, when you're feeling this, this thing, this feeling that overwhelm, go lay down on your back, like lay down on your back on the ground. And since she gave me that one, it was like, of course, it's so obvious because it's a grounding um, you know, you'll do yours your way. I'll do mine my way. Mm-hmm. But but if I'm feeling saturated or full, which doesn't even have to be overwhelmed, it's just I'm saturated, like I'm full. Every cell in my body is full of either my day or maybe I'm trying to study or something just fills me up. Maybe listening to my son because he's very chatty. So maybe <laughs> listening to him, you know, I can get full. So noticing when I'm full and then I go outside and I lay down on the ground and it just um, empties me out a little bit, you know, it just sort of lets, I let everything go, I guess, you know, it's not even, I don't even do a deep meditative state. I just lay there (laughs) for a couple of minutes. I am resetting now. (laughs) I actually nicked mine. So again, I didn't, it's not something that. I think that's the beauty of it. And we were talking about that earlier is that other people come up with ideas and you just, you try them on and you see how it works on you. And some of it will land, some of it will not. And different days will also need different activities. Yes. 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 That is so true because what can happen is when, when people are looking for, so what can happen in an unconscious journey is People can, because I know, because I've done this myself, but I've kind of grown out of it, um, is in an unconsciously when we look for something, we might look for the right diet, the mm-hmm. right, and I mean, I still do it too. Like I can still catch myself kind of doing a little bit. We look for the perfect method, the perfect strategy, the perfect diet, even the perfect partner. Like we just, we look for the perfect exercise, the thing that we imagine we will get to do for the rest of our days that will solve the challenges that we have and will keep us aligned and feeling good. But, you know, I learned way back then, um, and this is something I teach a lot of people is you are different and your needs. And you just said it, you just said it, Christy, um, our needs are different every day. We need different strategies. We need different variations of um, ideas. And that's what we get from each other. You know, we're Mm -hmm. constantly exchanging ideas and something that worked, something that did not work. We're exchanging stories, you know, and it's, I'm really loving it. Like just meeting people in everyday life who aren't um, necessarily wellness practitioners, but I'm finding that everyone, everyone nowadays, most people I know are talking like wellness practitioners. They're looking for um, their feel good. They're considering looking at changing their job 
for something that fulfills their passion. Like, you know, are you finding that as well? It's like everyone around us is talking about um, how to feel good, not well, just people in the industry. Well, that's pretty much like why I started this. Like it's find for me, it was find your hum. And I spoke to a lady at a, um, again, it was a big wellness summit that I went to in Melbourne. Oh, it would have to be about four or five years ago now. And I just remember talking to her about mindfulness and stuff like that. And I'm like, I just, and she sort of asked me what I did. And I'm like, I remember saying the words to her. I just want to help people find their hum. It's like, find that thing that makes them feel alive, whether it's work, whether it's a creative pursuit, whether it's their sport or, you know, picking up an instrument. Like it doesn't have to be consuming your whole life. It's just finding something that makes you hum and then really nurturing it. Hmm. Can I say as well, when you invited me to come on here and you sent me an email and what is it? Find your hum. Yeah. When I read that, um, it's every cell because I have a feeling when every cell in my body went zing, like it's, <laughs> it's really great. I love it. And when I get this feeling, um, it's like a confirmation, like that person's doing something that's really aligned with their truth. So I felt that I felt that when you sent me an email and I was really like doing these little, yay, like that is such a cool concept. Like I love it. So I'm really feel so grateful that you've invited me to be on your forum because, um, I think it's a great one. Really cool. Well, I love that you've said that because you've always managed to pick up on good energy for me before. So I am definitely taking that one. <laughs> definitely take it. It's, it feels so good, like clean and beautiful. And I love what you said about, um, I'm sort of sharing this a little bit with people is, um, you said, you know, find what makes you hum and then, um, build on that, right. Expand mm -hmm. it, give it time, like invest in it a little bit. And one thing that I don't, I, I don't know if people know this or not, but if you fall, find your passion, if you pursue your passion, like just things that seem really simple, like a hobby, like it, it doesn't have pressure around it. It's just something that you Google at night that you would go, you would stay up late Googling at night or looking at Pinterest or reading um, hashtags that follow that thing. If you invest your time and energy into your passion pursuits, those are often the things that become your work or that can start to form or hold the energy of something for you that can take a really, um, that can take you on a really beautiful journey. And when, you know, there's that, um, at the moment, and I guess this has happened for a while because even when I was younger in my twenties, I was sort of listening to that catchphrase, my purpose, what am I here to do? Right. Yeah. But now that I'm older and wiser, I do a different take on it because I realized that when I felt like I was looking for what am I here to do, I felt pressure and fear that I might not ever know. It was like, what am I supposed to do? Whereas now I've learned that my passion is my purpose or my passion simply reveals my purpose. And you don't have to know where that goes. You know, my psychotherapy, which has been such a beautiful gift for me, like I, I just live, I love it so much. And it's um, really set me free in many ways. I just took it for me just to, you know, I invested all that money and all that study just because I was excited to do it. 
Um, and then here I am on the other side years later, best thing I ever did. But I just followed my passion. I didn't know if I was actually going to be any good at it or do anything with it. I'm glad I did because it cost a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's, I mean, it doesn't yeah. matter. Even if you spend your life spending money on courses where people are like, you're your man, like my man hates whenever I study something, he just looks at me and I can see him doing the dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you cannot put a price on passion and, and finding something that lights you up because we are energy. We are starting to learn. It's not about what you do. It's about learning how to work with your energy, learning what's, what lights you up and starting to invest in that. Not so much the logical, I have to tick all these boxes to be a good person or to live a life I love. It's more about just simply tracking yourself and what, what you feel joy around and giving yourself permission to lean away from the, the places or the spaces that don't feel right for you. And that can take a lot of courage, can't it? Don't you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think there's so much pressure on that passion or that purpose to become your career. And I think, I mean, yeah. we, are, we are both lucky that we yes. get to do our like passions as our career. But for some people, that's not the case. And that's actually not a bad thing because say they may go to, I'm just going to pick being an accountant because I personally yes. think that would be boring for me, but I know it could light other people up and, but they may go there and it may not light them up, but it may not drag their energy down either. And they go there, but being able to do that gives them say a nine to three style job. They get to spend the afternoons with their children and maybe that's the thing that lights them up or they got time and space in their day to be able to play guitar and that's what lights them up. So it's not necessarily finding your passion as your career, but also just being okay with allowing it to be whatever it's meant to be. Yes, I love. And and again, so you're picking up on that thing, to, that piece too, which is the pressure. And yeah. also the, the um, I think in the new age language that's currently floating around a lot, at least I'm seeing it, is um, that sort of language of um, uh, you can change the world or you're here to change the world. I do agree with that. But by changing it just by being, just by being you, like, and even I would dare say, being just our ordinary selves. And I would like, say change not... your world, like that little bit around you. Yes. If everyone changes their world, not the whole world, their world. Yes. And I think that's the difference. Yes. And I want to be ordinary. Like I want to be, I don't want, um, I don't, I want to be ordinary. I want to have a regular life with beautiful moments that I cultivate it exactly what you're saying. I cultivate it to look and feel as best I can with what is, is with what I desire, but not so much, you know, having to find the thing that, yeah, that changes everyone else. Cause I actually don't, that take a, that would take a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. I don't want the responsibility, um, of having to do something like that. I just want to be me, keep it simple and, and follow some passionate pursuits that like me up, you know, light me up. And also that 
that create a sense of community because I did find that when I gave myself permission to study things that I was interested in, I ended up meeting some really beautiful people that were like-minded. And that is one thing, you know, we often hear that when you put yourself into the environment that interests you. You meet people that share those interests and that's a lot of fun. You know, that creates that connection and community that so many of us want more of. Yeah, absolutely. And again, because like when you're doing the thing that lights you up, you draw other people to you as well. Like you can't help but be magnetic when you are lit up. Yes. Like that's, and that's the thing. That's what um, transforms our planet. It's the vibration of feeling pockets of joy, satisfaction, peace, um, success. Like I feel success when I feel I'm, um, I'm getting my work life um, balanced a bit or I'm getting time to do my self-care. You know, success is something different for each of us. Um, but I feel successful when, um, when I'm giving myself the opportunity to, opportunity to enjoy things that I like that maybe other people would, wouldn't, right? But mm-hmm. I like them. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's great. Now, this whole like being on purpose or I suppose living in alignment, which is very much a catchphrase used at the moment, mm. like you are amazing and that is your thing to do is to help people find their purpose, live in alignment, just really be their authentic selves. So I suppose was we're on here, you should probably share with people how you allow them to do this. Mm, okay. Let's see. Let me see what words want to come up. Um, or how do you help people move towards their purpose? Yeah. Well, thank you for, um, for saying such nice things about me. Um, (laughs) I, I do work with alignment and purpose. They are catchphrases and I can guarantee that in another year or two years, I will possibly be reframing that in the current words that are, are around then. But right now, um, alignment and purpose, and for me, it's conscious embodiment, is really um, part of my life's work. It's part of what I've been designed to come and do. Um, And so I guess, how do I do that? So I use a few different things, and this always changes. It's like I feel that when you come to see me or if you're working with me, I have this imaginary toolbox, and in it is every experience I've ever had, every, um, every story I've heard from anyone around me who has gifted me, um, gifted me with hearing their story or hearing about their problems. Like I store all that in there. And then I use whatever I've been studying that I'm interested in. But for me personally right now, what I kind of use is I work with getting people especially women, I'm really drawn to working with women, getting women to start to understand how they are made, not like who they are in their difference. Because once you start to unpack who you are in your difference, in your glory as a unique individual, I really believe that's when the magic happens. It's where our confidence starts to rise. We stop Um, being scared to speak up or being scared to share or express ourselves. We start to have more confidence in our decision-making. We start to give ourselves more permission to, um, to be who we are. Like 
So I guess for me, it's about learning a bit more who you are. And I like to work with um, women in unpacking who they are not. Because usually you're more, including myself, um, I've often been more in touch with who I am not. So that is the conditioning, um, you know, all the things we've read, um, all the things we've been told, all the things people have told us we should do, all the things people have told us we should be, all the decisions we've been told we should make, that all goes in. We're all storing it, right? And then what happens is we turn that and we start to take that information, that data, and then we start to keep a little internal dialogue with ourselves. You should do that. No, 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 you should not do that. Um, (laughs) You know, and you shouldn't wear that. You shouldn't want that. You shouldn't think that. And it goes on and on. So we have this this inner voice that mimics um, the conditioning that we've all received as a natural process of growing up. So it's unavoidable as a human. It's fine. But as an adult, we have this incredible opportunity to start to unpack. And it's not, it's not, um, it doesn't have to be difficult. It can be a lot of fun to start to realize. Um, and my role is a guide because I read, I understand, and I analyze energetic systems. So I, enter, I analyze your system of self and then I just help you to see it for yourself but I don't so my thing is not um not telling you but helping it helping it be revealed to you helping you reveal it to you so I kind of work with your energetic bodies your physical body your emotional body and your mental body I don't know if I'm really saying it you know I don't know know how to explain does that make sense yeah I think it does like there was a couple of um parts I suppose I can honestly attest because I've worked with you personally myself that it can be a lot of fun. I mean, we had a lot of giggles together. We also had quite mm. a few tears, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was definitely fun. Like I really looked forward to like the time we spent together. Like it was really uplifting, even in the moments of like those breakdowns. I think they're just as important as, yeah, re- to allow you to really tap in. And I think probably mm. one of the biggest things like you said, it's really tapping into your body on all those different levels was for me, I think you were the, probably the first person that had ever asked me the question, like, where do you feel that in your body? Like mm-hmm. when I was having an emotion, like, where do you feel that? And I remember thinking, what are you talking about? It's in my head. Like, this is where the thought's coming from. And you like, you really made me drop into my body for the first time and well, I was in my thirties, I think by the time I started to see you, like that's a long time of like not being in your body and you yes. allow us to come home. <laughs> I think that's mm. a nice way to put it. You are so beautiful. Um, and I've loved having the opportunity to watch, um, to work with you. You've got such, you're just a beautiful person and gosh, you've got so much to offer. And just to watch you and follow you since the time when we did work together, because I stalk you as well, um, <laughs> cyber stalk. And it thrills me. It thrills me just to see what you're doing um, and who you are, like just tapping into who you are. And when you talk about the body, right, you, you, you know, you, we all are in our bodies, but it's that, it's the um, 
understanding that our inner authority on all things us as a, as an individual, the inner authority about your decisions, about your, your, your direction, about your choices, everything it, it lives in your body. Um, and I can say something about that if that just to help clarify that. So the mind, your mind is an incredible computer. It's like your whole system is, is just amazing, right? So our system of self is incredible beyond what we can even imagine. We are comprised of the same energy that creates universe, um, the universe. Like there's no separation from the matter in us and the matter up in the stars, you know, like we're all comprised of this consciousness and so is a blade of grass. So, I mean, it's, it's incredible that we're saturated in it, we're made of it. And then everything around us, our world is made of that same form, that, that energy. So we have this mind, which is an incredible, it tracks and maps, um, and collects data. So it helps us everyday um, problem solve and make decisions. And it's really, really, really useful for helping other people. Like the mind is made to help others and to um, make decisions in the world. But what it, what it is not really made for, and this might surprise people, so I'm just offering this, and if it doesn't resonate, forget it. But if it does, maybe think about this a bit. The mind is not made as our personal decision-making strategy. Like, um, the body contains the wisdom, the sensations, the awareness, the direction, the feelings, the body contains the information that, um, that helps us make decision-making, uh, that our specific decision-making it's like, and I'll give you an example. If your body, let's say you go into a situation and suddenly you have this dread pit in your tummy, right? You can't really argue with that sensation. It is clear. Have you ever had dread, Christine? Yeah. Like, have yeah. you? Okay. So you know how it's really solid. It's really core. You can't really argue with it. You, you might want to, you know, figure out why and what, but it's, it's all going to be contained in your body. So it's very clear. It's very concise and it's a directive and I can flip it and do the other thing. Um, picture when you thought of the course you wanted to do or the study you wanted to do, Kirsty. Did you feel excitement in your body? Like, were you lit up? Um, did you feel lighter? Yeah, absolutely. It's like you just, it's like that you explained it before, but like every cell in your body was like, yes, I have to do this. Even if there is maybe roadblocks or how am I going to do it? You just, mm. you just know you have to do it. Yes. So, um, I'm doing a new course I'm studying and I knew as soon as I heard the course and saw like parts of it, my, I started to salivate in my mouth, (laughs) like just reading it. And then I was like, Oh my God, that's hilarious. Like I'm salivating. Like, so I knew with every cell in my body that I was going to study this, this next course, even though I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Who cares? I just want to like learn this stuff. It's so fun. So see how you don't argue with the body. Like the body gives you those clear messages. If you understand, if you're, and if you can learn to trust them, you know, if you can start to create a relationship with those messages, because you're absolutely right. Um, You know, you said you came into it, you know, in your thirties, it doesn't matter where you come into it. Uh, Once you start and you start to see the results of listening to your body and connecting to your body, you want more. Because you start to find that 
the confusion of which decision to make, all the possibilities, all the crossroads, um, they minimize when you're working with your body's messages because the body will pretty much give you a clear indication. If you go into your mind, I'll give you an idea of what's up there because it's cool too. <laughs> but once you go up into your mind and you go up into this, what we can do is we go towards our head and then we start to think about what's next for us or what's the uncertain thing or we're starting to think about the strategies um, or the, something about problem solving. You, there's unlimited ways that every moment can go especially like if they, if, if it's, you know what I mean? Like there's unlimited possibilities to every direction. Yeah. If you're thinking about a loved one and you're thinking about, you know, cause a lot of us analyze problems for our loved ones because we care about them. So say one of, one of um, our loved ones has something going on and it's a challenge. So we'll spend time thinking about strategies of what would be the best advice to give them or what might help them. There's unlimited possibilities because you're going up. You're going up into the energy of possibility. And that's where the mind will take you, right? The mind can take you up there. So I do that for some fun. Like if I want to picture my future, what I might want in the next year or so, or I might picture, you know, for me, um, designing my house. Like I really want to make my house really pretty. So I might go up into the, the, the unlimited possibilities and I'll fly around and look at, you know, what I could do, what I could do, what I could do. But I want to come back to my body to use my body to decipher the specific choices, you know, to use my body to minimize all my options because that's overwhelming up there. Yes, it is. <laughs> and I'll give you one more reason why the mind is tricky and why you want to learn to use your body. Um, and some people are naturally, you know, you can, everyone can use their body. Like even if you've never done it, everyone can do it. Like we're made to use our bodies, right? We're all made to do that. But up in the mind is also where we store the stories of who we should be. So the mind will contain the conditioning, the conditioning of who we think we should be. So, or who we've been told to be or who our parents were or mm -hmm. who our siblings have been. Like that's where all that stuff gets stored. So if you go up there, you can get lost in, in, you know, fall into a little side street. And then there's that pressure waiting there of what you should be or the old messages. Um, whereas if you're in your body, it will be in the present moment and it will create um, a sensation now or a message now. So what do, what do you think about that? Does that make sense? Yeah. There's a couple of things that actually come up for me when you were talking the like, decisions and like how yes. your body makes decisions I have learned in probably the past year maybe year and a half that my decision process is actually quite a long one I cannot just oh there's definitely some things that I'm just like my body's a whole just like hell yes or hell no kind of feeling but I think the say the decision to come to England would be a, would be a really good example when that was like, I had a couple of friends that kind of put that idea to me. And at first I was just like, Oh my God, I can't do that. Like, I, and it was like, I did have quite a reaction in my whole body. Like I literally started to tear up and cry. And it was like this very emotive reaction that I had to it. And there's no way in that moment 
I could have made a decision to stay or go. And so I sat on it and I find that I have to really write out the emotions that I have towards a particular decision. Wait, I can't make a decision in that really Mm -hmm. high place, in that really low place. And I'd need to go through all of that, come back to my center and then make my decision. And I think, yeah, so much in the past, I've probably just said yes or no in the moment because of those conditions that we used to put on ourselves or because in the mind that all is going on and I'm not really dropping into my body and letting myself feel all the feels and then make yes. my decision. Yeah. Yes. And do you know what else? That is such a great example. That's like lighting me up because when we're with other people, their feels are also impacting our feels. And depending on how you designed, it sounds to me like you have an emotional center in your yep, design. I do. Which is, you do? Okay, great. So you know that what I've loved learning about the emotional center is that, because I don't have that one um, in my design, but when I loved learning that um, count, it's counterintuitive to make a decision when you're high, like when you're feeling really good and, and you're feeling so, oh, it's such a great, yay, yay, yay. And then someone makes, um, invites you to something, invites you to a commitment, invites you to something. You're like, hell yeah, I feel so good. That was really fascinating for me to learn that. I mean, the obvious one is don't make decisions when you're feeling down, but to learn if you're someone who is emotional and you, you'll probably know because you are someone that goes up, and you go down and it's a regular dance that you need to navigate, right? And often a lot of people can feel a lot of shame or they can feel overwhelmed by that because their energy levels can often go high and low, dip up or down with that range of emotion as well. But to learn to actually give yourself the space and the time to wait, that is incredible. Have you found that since you have learned that about yourself, has it made your decision making easier or has it improved it? Like, what do you think? Um, I don't know about, I think probably easier. I don't necessarily know always about improving it yet, but I found that like even like in little things like replying to a text message, I sometimes like, especially if it's something that's evoked a bit of emotion in me, I would like normally have just like fired something back where now I just sit with it. And or yes. I, I might write out the initial message, but I don't send it. And I sit yes. and I like let myself go through it. So it can be even in, I suppose, the smaller parts of our days. I mean, it's not everything. It's not like I have to be like, oh, do I want a cup of coffee? Yes or no? And go through. Like sometimes those emotions, that cycle can be quite quick. Other times it can take me a couple of days. And just yes. it's more being okay with those parts of it. and telling other people it's like I'm just going to get back to you on that because like you said making those decisions in those high moments you'd be like yeah yeah I want to go to that party or head out for dinner or do that thing and then you actually like oh actually no I don't want to do that but Mm -hmm. you've said yes to it in the moment and then like for me then I would feel bad turning around and saying no so then you're doing something that's maybe not great for your energy Yes. That, a, so yeah, I probably have actually started to make better decisions because of it. Yes. Is it like, honestly, like I've been um, teaching a girlfriend of mine this and I've actually started to understand her better because she has this, like it's good. And she always 
will commit in the high. Mm-hmm. And I feel, and that wouldn't make sense, right? It's to, it's counter, like you would think normal, you feel good, make a decision. Yep. yep. yep I'm going to commit that. That makes sense. But when you learn, if you are someone who goes emotional high, emotional lows, you're meant to look to wait exactly what you're doing. And you exactly what you said, you wait for the middle ground. You just wait till you're not really thinking about up or down. You're just kind of in there. And then you'll, you'll be able to make a decision in the clarity between the high and the low. Yeah. But she used to let a lot of people down. And then that would start a whole thing because she's emotional and she's heartfelt, but then she's letting people down like over and over again, starts to get known for it. And then she starts to feel shame for it and see how if she understands her design, she can, you know, or knows more about her energy, her own system. She can start to work with her own rhythm in a way that supports her and then will support the people around her. Like it's so, it's so cool. And can I add, you said, um, it sounds like, you know, you've got your gut response. Yes. Yes. So you wait on that. Yep. So it's like, often three days, you know, three days. Yeah. It just depends on what the, um, like I can, I can generally go through a cycle in about 24 hours for most things. Okay. Um, yeah. For like the, the bigger everyday type things, it's usually about, um, usually about 24 hours. I find, you know, you've mm. kind of gone through a day, had a sleep on it, kind of wake up with a different perspective. Yeah. Yes. Usually people say, I would always in my emotional thing, I would, not let the people down so I would still go and do the thing that I said yes to Mm. and I mean hence why I ended up sitting opposite you chatting about why I was so burnt out (laughs) yes 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 and do you know there's something really beautiful though about um, the emotional people of the world because we're not all like to we're not all highly emotional like we we all have different different um areas that are are um sort of charged up in different ways and different combinations right but for the people who are emotional what i what i've just been seeing with people is where we have a strength what can happen is through conditioning we can feel overly responsible for others and so i've seen it with the people who feel the emotional highs is they can suddenly feel the weight of the world like if they if they hear the bad news that in the world or something about the world. So I don't know if you ever feel that where it's like, it's almost like you guys run through the feelings on behalf of the world sometimes. Uh, possibly. I don't know. I've not really explored that. I'll have to, well, I'll, and, and I, I kind of do. Cause actually, no, I've, I see, I've kind of always felt that people, yeah, they do. They, if I'm lit up, like, people do take on my energy. So I suppose, yeah, and I'm not thinking like, I'm probably thinking world is too big, but like, I know that if I'm like vibrant, then people around me bring up that energy. So there is a bit of a pressure to be that vibrant person. And I think Mm -hmm. for so long, I didn't allow myself to be maybe at the bottom of my emotional wave around other people. And so I kept myself in that high because I mean, Realistically, who wants to be around someone that's, you know, <laughs> what I call I've got my shit coloured glasses on and everything's looking shit. But I've, yes. again, in the last year or so, really allowed myself to do that. and But also know that sometimes I don't go in other people's energy. So when I know I'm really at the bottom of that wave, I'm just like, 
just going to sit with me and not interact with people because it is for me. And if I need help or I need to reach out to someone to help me through, like get out of that bottom part of the wave, I will. But often I will let people know about that bottom part of the wave when I'm coming out of it. Yes. Yeah. So it's like you've created your own little rhythm with it. Yeah. And I mean, I'll just, um, and I'm just offering that as an offering, which is something I've been seeing in people where there's a strength or a sensitivity or a gift or a way where they process a certain, a certain way. Um, so for me, I can see things. So, you know, when I'm with people, I can hear, and it's not always, but when I'm with people and then say, I've met someone, we've had a quick chat or we talked on the phone and then we hang up, they're still with me. And then for about, um, then they'll start talking to me. Like I'll, I'll hear, I'll hear what they were talking about. And then, um, I'll hear all these other parts that are, it's, it's like I get an expanded vision of what they were talking about. But then I see it from this sort of bird's eye view. And so I thought because I heard that information that I was responsible for sharing it. So what I say to people who are big feelers is I say, just because you have the capacity to feel in such a huge, beautiful way and quite powerful, really, does not mean that you have to share that or or do that or give that energy or feel on behalf of others. like. And so that was really huge for me. I had to actually come to that for myself, that if you have a really great strength or a skill, you can kind of let, you can almost let it move through you like you're watching a movie. Like, yeah. so if you're feeling big feelings, you can let them, as you're saying, a wave, you can let it move through you. And for me, I thought I was responsible to tell people, but what was actually happening was, um, that wasn't, that wasn't right. That wasn't right to just go up to people and tell them <laughs> things that I'm right. Like, cause they're not asking for it. Yeah. They're not asking for it. So it, it actually, what I thought was the right thing was not the right thing. And so I've learned myself that to our sensitivities and our strengths to, that we're not, we don't have to offer it out to the world. We can simply let it move through us as one of the ways that we um, that we experience the environment around us. So it's just an experience or an experiment, but we don't have to actually, um, do much with it unless we want to, but we don't have to, you know, it's like, yeah. Is that a good example? Like I yeah. can't believe it when I realized this for myself. So for the feelers, you guys don't have to feel on behalf of the world. And for the seers, we don't have to see on behalf of the world, you know? That's, it's so great to learn that. It's like, think of how much energy we can conserve for ourselves or the people that are closest to us or to choose to put our energy or our feelings or um, our emotions to use in ways that we consciously choose, not just feeling we have to do it. Yeah, I've been... Because we have to. I feel like I've been lucky because I, I can actually feel people's energy. Like if I walk into a room, I know how people are feeling and I can really pick up on those emotions of other people. But I've actually been really lucky that I can also, and I've always been quite aware that it's not my emotion and I can leave it with them. So I have been lucky that I, yeah, don't take on necessarily other people's emotions. It's more, I used to take on the, the responsibility of 
trying to make it better in yes. lifting in, in lifting my energy, yes. not necessarily theirs, but like if I was yeah, more vibrant, then yes. people could feed off it. Yes, but can you hear the subtle pressure for responsible? Yes. Yeah. Like it's amazing. Like honestly, I haven't met anyone yet who when I kind of have this discussion about where their strengths are and where they embody their experience that they haven't had some form of feeling that they had to deliver in some way. Yes. Even if it was really subtle, because uh, again, I'm, I only caught mine earlier. Like I've caught mine in many different times, but I caught another layer of it this year where it was like, um, I thought I, I thought I had to, if I, if it, mine, it wasn't feeling, it was, if I'm hearing this, I have to share. And you know, yours, I guess is, um, you know, a bit different in, but if I'm feeling this, I want to lift people up and then they can feed off that. So it's not wrong. It's so beautiful, but to, um, as you said, to use it as this cool gift, because we all have them. Everyone comes here with a beautiful bag of gifts. And so the fact that you're walking into a room and you're feeling people and you can use that to support them, to support you, like that is such a cool skill to have right yeah and one that i've probably mm. yeah only really picked up on in the last sort of year or two so yeah it's been nice to be able to know that because then i can also like you said i can use it more to help them yes. as well yes and you're using it like like you know we're heading there the we are all the world is shifting into um, individualization more and more, where we are becoming a bit more soulful, a bit more embodied, and heading into our own inner authority bit by bit. You know, this is where we're going. So, um, you know, we're going to be we're we're going to be using less our logical thinking processes and more these subtle abilities. So when you walk in a room, you are reading the room, you're reading the people, you know so much more than um, that, you know, like you're already, you're, you're already flooded with heaps of data. Like it's, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's so cool. It's so cool. So that's where we're, that's where we're going. Where that is what is happening more and more is people are going to be opening and unlocking and becoming aware. And how, how do you open and unlock these things is you start to spend time looking for it. You start to spend time with yourself. Um, a really great strategy um, you could do, which is a lot of fun, is you can ask yourself, what is my energy? Like, what does my energy feel like? Or what does my energy contain? Like, wh who am I when I'm not feeling... Um, like someone else. And so I asked myself that recently during isolation, I went to the beach and I kind of asked myself that and I didn't get an answer right away. Like, I think it kind of confused me even asking myself that because it's a pretty big question to look at yourself in that way or to try to feel yourself so deeply. And then I think it was the second day I went back to the beach and, you know, just enjoying my own company. And then I felt it. I felt some of the key components of my my energy, which has a natural, um, I naturally look for potential and I'm very quick to adapt to circumstances. And then I look for how to make it prettier, how to make it nicer, how to make things more enjoyable. Like I have this, and it, it's quite enthusiastic, um, but it was very subtle. So I really, I'm using that as example because I'd love for you and our listeners to 
do that as, a, as an exercise when you're not with anyone else, though. You can't be with anyone else. And just spend a bit of time looking at some of the elements of your own energy. And, and it's really um, invaluable to kind of connect with that. And they will be whispers because I've found that. Yeah. So what did you, if you, so say more about that, about oh, being whispers. I just find like, because I, and I still am on the learning curve of listening to what is my mind telling me or what is my body telling me? Because, you know, they are definitely different. And obviously it's kind of that weird kind of paradigm. It's like, but yes, you're listening to it in your body, but the thought of your body is coming up through your mind. So it's kind of like, well, is that my mind or is that what I'm feeling in my body? Like I still have that challenge. And I find that it's, yeah, those moments of whispering, like when it's your body telling you, yes, you feel it in your body as well and really learning to tap into a feeling in my body. But also when it comes through, it is a whisper. It's not where I find the mind is a little bit louder. (laughs) Yes, that is so good. Like for me, when mine came through and, you know, it was, um, and some things I'm, it's, yeah, it comes through more solid, right? But especially if someone's just practicing something new or doing a strategy they haven't done before or trying something different where it's not practiced, it's even more of a whisper because when mine came through on the beach with that um, being able to look for potential and this natural enthusiasm, I kind of questioned it. Like I was like, yeah, you know, it's so easy to question the subtleties of our body's messages or our inner being speaking to us because it's, exactly as you say, it's that soft whispering. Um, but there's a mantra I've been practicing through isolation, which is just specifically, I just keep saying it anytime I feel uncertain about something, I just practice saying, I trust myself. Yeah. That's a big one, isn't it? I trust myself because the trust isn't always there, right? Especially if we're venturing into new territories, which we do till the time we die. Mm -hmm. We've, we are always discovering, aren't we? Like none of us have it all. So when I'm discovering something new or I did that new strategy on the beach I hadn't done before, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm swimming in uncertain waters. So I repeat to myself, I trust myself. I can trust the messages that I receive from myself to myself. You know, I trust myself. And that is something that I wish we were taught when we were quite young. Um, you know, we were taught in school that our body whispers. We were taught that our body contains our inner authority. We were taught that we are the expert on ourselves and that no one else can be that for us. You know, I wish, I wish someone told us that. Yeah, absolutely. And like, (laughs) I just feel like I had this having conversation with my sister-in-law the other day and it was actually around the full moon and now Scorpio, um, it was a Scorpio full moon and Scorpio rules the solar plexus. And okay. she'd actually, so my niece who's nearly three and has honestly always had a fascination with just the moon. Just, she always knows where it is. Like she can walk out in the middle of the day and if that thing is in the sky, like she will point to it. So she's sort of had this affinity with it. But she said like that day, like mommy, like my tummy hurts. Like I have this feeling in my, it's like almost like a feeling in my tummy and it's, not like a pain, but just you could always, my sister was like, you could just tell it wasn't settled. And I'm like, see, kids understand this. And we somehow, when, yeah, like you said, it's not fostered in us. 
and then mm-hmm. it kind of gets unconditioned in us during school or just life in general where I suppose other things come up like life comes up and yes we have to find our way back to that yes and we do like look at us you and I we're sitting yep. here as adults um I I didn't feel that I didn't have the inner authority in my 20s in my teens in my adolescence I had an inner knowing and I'm sure you did too that would come up now and again but I didn't have I didn't have a conscious inner authority where the people around me gave me encouragement and permission to trust myself you know you know it just wasn't wasn't so much like that um but you know, something we can say to our kids, you can say the littlies around us, you know, your, your niece, um, any little kids we come in contact with, um, you know, you can trust yourself. Right. And I mean, it's funny. I'll say that to my son who's six. He just looks at me. Like if I try any (laughs) deep stuff with him, yeah, he just shuts down. Like he's like, whatever mom, like he doesn't want it. But at this age anyway, who knows in the future, but I know it goes in. Yeah. I know it goes in because every, we, our brains have recorded every experience and everything that's ever been said to us it goes in so I just slip stuff in there I just go I just say you know you can trust yourself right like completely and totally trust yourself um yeah but here we are like we we all have this incredible ability to find our way um to ourselves life's amazing isn't it it absolutely is now I have like probably a thousand more questions that I want to ask you but we have been talking for an hour so I think we may have to get you back on for a part two yeah I'd love that babe that would be so fun I've really enjoyed connecting and I love the questions um I'm really just loving the angles that you take really interesting and really thought-provoking yeah, well, I so do thank still, you. yeah, definitely still want to let there's so much that you said that I've like been taking notes when you were talking. I'm like, oh, we didn't get back to that. But yeah, don't want to make this. We could, let's face it, we could probably talk for three hours. <laughs> I know. So anytime, anytime, hun, I would love yeah. it. Cool. Thank now, you for having me. That is my pleasure. But before you go, I do have mm. um, a couple of final questions that I always love to ask. Okay. So, yay. Yep. So how do you sustain strengthen and nurture your life um by checking in with myself spending time with myself um listening to how i feel and not questioning it too much like it's like you know that saying you know have your own back yeah i really i have my own back man like um because something i've learned which is the world won't deliver to you what you need you know as much as I wish that my man you know we've been together for so long I wish that you know he would meet all my needs or he would just know what I need to sustain um me and to keep me um vital and always you know no one can do that so I've learned to have my own back and to be willing to push for what I need um, or to be willing to speak up for what I need and to back myself because sometimes giving ourselves what we need makes things harder for someone else. And that's a really tricky place to be in. But if I could summarize that up, my life started to get really good when I decided to start giving myself more of what I needed. And at that time it was 
to spend money on studying something that I wanted to learn about, even though it was going to put a bit of a financial strain on not just myself, but my partner, you know, our household. And so it's those moments of learning that you can make decisions that maybe others might not really want, but you've got to trust yourself that um, there's a reason why you want what you want and you can trust yourself. Oh, I love that. That is amazing. Thank you. Give me shivers. And final question is, what are you currently doing in your life right now that allows you to find your hum? Oh, I love that. So love finding the hum, babe. <laughs> um, what I'm doing is, so my son started full-time school this year and I promised myself that I would create a morning ritual just for me, which was giving me exactly what I want, which is nature, movement, because I love moving my body, Mm -hmm. um, and time by myself. So what is making me hum at the moment is I get up, I ride my bike, um, only as far as I feel like it. I listen to music and sing out loud, or I listen to podcasts that um, inspire me or make me laugh out loud. Then I run and um, run over to the beach, have a swim. Um, yeah, so that's what's making me hum at the moment like crazy is just starting my morning with me um, while I have the energy for it. Because if I try to go out in the afternoon or something, I just don't have the energy. The, the, the energy is not there for me. Yep. So that's what's making me hum is starting my day off doing something that is totally, totally selfish and self-centered. Oh, so I, that's I love that. And they're so simple things. It's not like you're doing anything that like no one else can do. It's just like they yeah. said, it's just being selfish and making time for you to do it. Yes. And pushing for it. You know, it's hard. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so I am sure that after people listen to this, they will 100% want to connect with you. So where do they find you? Oh, thank you. That's so lovely, so generous. Um, Gosh, they can go my, um, my Insta and Facebook. Instagram and Facebook are the platforms that I use regularly where I just post pictures and I just talk about strategies or something like that. And it's um, at Leanna McNeil therapy. And if they want to find my website and have a look at that and see what I'm about and what I offer, I'm at www.leannamcneil.com.au. I will definitely put all links like in show notes and stuff as well. So people can just easily click on it because yes, they need to get into your energy bubble because it's seriously <laughs> uplifting. Thank you so much. Honestly, I really feel so full. Like I just, I love, um, I just feel really recognized by you and really seen and that you do not know I live for that. Um, that recharges my energy, um, to feel that you see me and I'm just, I'm so grateful. Thank you. You're such a beautiful soul. Cheers for tuning in to another episode of Find Your Hum. Don't forget to subscribe. Oh, and tell your mates about it.